0: Greetings from Cyberdelic Space, this is Lorenzo and I'm your host here in Psychedelic Salon 2.0 and today we are going to continue our exploration of the wonderful world of cannabis. Lex's guest today is Becca Williams, who was trained as a healthcare practitioner and is a registered nutritionist and dietitian. But it was through her work as a journalist covering alternative and holistic approaches to health that she began a deeper investigation into the rich history of the healing properties of cannabis, particularly in the realm of emotional healing. Becca has two websites that I think you'll find interesting – Her main site, simply titled Cannabis Ceremonies, is packed with information, and she's also the force behind a YouTube channel, which is also called Cannabis Ceremonies. And there you'll find much more information about my favorite plant. And I'll link to both of those sites in today's program notes, which you will find at psychedelicsalon.com. I'm really looking forward to listening with you to this conversation between Becca and Lex Pelger, As a daily cannabis user for over 30 years now, I've read and listened to quite a lot of information about the healing properties of cannabis, but to be honest, there isn't a whole lot of information I've found about the emotional and spiritual aspects that this plant medicine provides. And while I use cannabis for physical pain, its use is even more important to me from an emotional standpoint. I know several other people who are also using cannabis to tame some of the unruly states of mind that come to women and men suffering from PTSD, and I know how important this sacred plant is to their mental well-being as well. So now I'm going to turn it over to Lex Pelger and listen along with you to the words and wisdom of Becca Williams.
1: In his intro last week, Lorenzo mentioned cannabis as his personal favorite and that inspired me to declare this to be marijuana month here on the Psychedelic Salon 2.0. So we will hear from Becca Williams today about using cannabis spiritually and what it takes to become a Canonaut. Becca was actually my first interview here in Denver since I arrived, and she represents the spirit of that boom town where Neil Cassidy was raised. Not only does Becca lead cannabis ceremonies mixing many different practices, She also has a YouTube channel with dozens and dozens and dozens of excellent videos explaining many different parts of cannabis. Now, if you're like me and you feel that it's incredibly important to try and turn on your aging relatives to the healing power of marijuana, you know how hard it can be to find someone believable to them. I am always looking for someone who knows how to present information so an elderly patient can grok it and believe it and try it. If you know someone who should be considering using cannabis to improve their life, point them to Becca's videos as a solid source they can trust. From our talk, you'll see why. Hello, I'm Lex Pelger sitting here with Becca Williams. And before we find out how you came up with a term like canna for exploration... What was your own journey with cannabis, and how did that start?
2: Hi. It's so nice to be here. I'm really a fan of uh, Psychedelic Salon, by the way, because I love Lorenzo. And then when I heard that you were coming on, wow, that was pretty cool. (laughs) So, yeah, cannabis has been in my life since I was a young adult. Um, I come from a a really challenging, uh, abusive childhood, And, uh, and when I went into college, um, you know, some of my friends introduced me uh, to a doobie and, uh, uh, liked that, liked that a lot. And then the more I, um, I call it working with cannabis, but the more I interacted with cannabis, the more I realized that I liked it better by myself, uh, and the way it made me feel because I had a lot of anxiety um, and, uh, and it really calmed. It really softened the edges around that. And I found actually it was interesting. Uh, it was um, uh, in being in groups, it actually heightened my anxiety. So I actually preferred it by myself. And so I really uh, have used it, self-medicated as they call it, for decades, decades. And then um, a few years ago, I started weaving meditation, into it and realizing uh what a beautiful support and amplification uh cannabis is uh for really attaining higher uh, levels of consciousness
1: how did you come to realize the anxiety um was in the group situation and that was better to start doing by yourself how um what and what how did you start doing it as you saw that happening
2: well back then all there was all there was was flour and You just smoked whatever you could. And, of course, you know, on the black market, and as it has been for years and years, it was all about the THC, right? Higher, higher, higher THC. And now we know, with the cutting-edge research that's out, that THC can actually provoke anxiety. So I reflect back and see that that was probably the thing. And I also realized that I was microdosing before it was even a term, because i found a little went a lot further and as far as realizing the comparison i mean it was pretty evident and profound when i was with a group of people uh i got really anxious and started worrying about i had a lot of self-doubt that was really uh that emerges from shame Um, and shame is about self-doubt. It's about not feeling deserving, uh, really comparing and contrasting. That's basically what shame is all about, from a spectrum of, I don't really like myself all that much, to self-loathing or self-hatred and everything in between. And um, I was on that spectrum from, from end to end, and it it emerged when uh, when I uh, was with other people, so I think it was just a, a matter of comparing it, Lex, to being alone and going, "Oh, gee, I I like this. There, there's there's no anxiety involved. It feels good."
1: <laughs> um, so, how long did you have a meditation practice next to your solo smoking before you started to combine them?
2: Man, I could. First of all, let's say that I always hated meditation. Let's just put that <laughs> on the table. Amen. <laughs> I, uh, and as it turns out, I didn't like the meditations that I tried. There's many, many forms of meditation, and one of them is sitting and watching your thoughts, sitting, doing nothing, and watching your thoughts. And I was, uh, I had disassociative thoughts. I had just an onslaught of thoughts always, all the time, and I could never slow that down. So it never, meditation never worked for me. And I also tried yoga for years and years, and it actually turned into more of a physical practice uh, than any sort of meditative practice, because, again, when I'm on the floor on the mat, the thoughts just kept flowing. So, <clears> hmm <throat> About two years ago, I started studying with a teacher out of LA who comes from a uh, lineage of uh, uh, Kriya and Kundalini traditions. And that meditative practice is far different than any others that I had encountered before. And uh, it's a very active, Uh, practice that involves, of course, the breathing, that's the one core element of all meditative practices, there's that movement of breath, or what we call pranayama. But uh, also, uh, these traditions include mudras, which are hand and arm movements, and also uh, chanting of mantras which which is uh, a basic, a, basically a series of, of of sacred words put together, and all what all of this does is activate the chakras and the uh, the meridian that 's Chinese medicine we call it the naughty system, which is the energy irrigation throughout our bodies and Make no mistake about it, what I found in pursuing this is the overlay of the physical body with the energy body and how it stimulates and activates that to block out our thoughts and go and into, uh, deep into consciousness, um, it, touching what we might call our deep inner resources or our intuition or our soul with a capital S.
1: So what uh, did the shift feel like when you already had that kind of sensation and then added cannabis?
2: Whoa, man. How I learned this, Lex, was that I was studying with my teacher and it was within a group, actually online. And um, this tradition... um, this, this, this tradition that comes out of India, and there were in the 60s, let me just back up for a moment. In the 60s, there were a lot of holy men that came over from uh, Tibet, um, Nepal, India, southern China, and gathered, uh, gained quite a following over here. And um, one of them uh, was a guy uh, by the name of Yogi Bhajan. Have you ever heard of him? Hmm. Uh, Yogi Bhajan came over and saw all these hippies um, involved with drugs and just out of their mind trying to find meaning in life, and he said, well, if you follow me, if you study under me, then there will be no drugs, absolutely none. That was a tenet. And so when I was studying with my teacher who hails from that tradition, um, the uh, subtext is no drugs. Well, so when I was moving through this, uh, this year-long course of study around emotions, and I am a serious student of emotions, um, I started microdosing with cannabis. And comparing uh to the other people in the group who was doing who were doing this work, um I was uh I was making um uh, what do I want to say? I want to be careful um how I explain this because it wasn't exponential but it really was leaps and bounds um in in, in feeling this growth around emotion, being in touch with conscious a higher consciousness.
1: Would you recommend that, that befo- people try to have a practice without using these substances for some like the time before they start combining them?
2: You know, my work in elevation ceremonies or cannabis ceremonies is really very specific to the discipline that I employ. And I call it, uh, uh, I, I, I call it a secular form of kundalini, kriya traditions graced in ceremony. And so the magic... I believe is with these mystical, sophisticated technologies that we employ, and then the tool is our beloved uh, cannabis plant they 're all tools. make no mistake about it, but the cannabis plant is an exogenous it comes from the outside um, and supporting that so I am in touch with a lot of people who do a lot of meditation um, who say i I I use this or that uh, uh, approach and with cannabis and I get, I get, uh, uh, I make great progress. So I don't really know the answer to that specifically because it's so individual and it's so individual to the specific disciplines, if you know what I mean.
1: Do you see people come through your ceremonies that should be careful of certain kinds of um, things that you'd like to watch out for?
2: Yeah. So over the time that I have uh, guided my ceremonies, I'm really very much favoring a CBD uh, dominant um, uh, flower or what do I want to call it? Because uh, some people, I prefer the smoke in a ceremony. It's just more ceremonial uh, or vape. Uh, But some people saying, well, I have lung involvement, I don't like the smoke. Um, Or, you know, there's some hangovers of stigma from the war on drugs. Uh, So I have been, um, I've been practicing and experimenting with oils and oils are are good too. So so CBD oils, uh, hemp oil. Um, yeah, uh, there's been some research, um, all the research out there is pretty sketchy because, you know, we were just, we've just been able to have this cascade of resource, uh, research around, around cannabis. Uh, but, um, you know, they talk about what, what is the term, a psychic, a break, is that what it is, uh, with, uh, for some individuals who are prone to it with it, with the THC. So, yeah, um, I i offer complimentary um cannabis in my ceremonies and what it is now is cbd uh, one-to-one cbd thc or two to one and i've been even using some 20 to one cbd to thc mm-hmm.
1: that, that makes a lot of sense too just because cbd all alone actually looks like it might be a treatment for some types of psychotic and mental break type stuff absolutely and at least it could be functioning as a protection for people who might have some leanings that way no questions yeah. no, no
2: question about it yeah
1: well oh, that's really great now what would could you walk us through what, how one of your ceremonies would go
2: sure so Let me see, how do I want to approach this? I've never really described my ceremony step-by-step for anyone in particular. But what I do do is I want to make sure that all my participants understand uh, what's going to happen because it can be um, a very anxiety-provoking thing to to walk in um, and not know what's going on. Um, I uh, I call those who attend my ceremonies edge walkers uh, because there needs to be a sense of walking into the unknown to begin with. And, and so what I like to say is that most of the people who come to my ceremonies, uh, participate in them, are either uh, feeling... Uh, expansion coming or in the midst of an expansion of some sort, and are looking to move through that uh, in a graceful way and I really uh, believe what we do in a ceremony is it 's sort of an arc, um, and that is that we uh, we go into it with the the creas. we yes, we have a smoke session uh, we create the container. Um, we, we welcome the flower, uh, we welcome uh, the fact that we have brought our best, our most experienced, our wisest selves to this place right here, right now. And... And then we, uh, I introduce some Kriyas, and Kriyas are the practices that, com- that, that are comprised of that pranayama, always the, uh, the, the mudras, hand and arm movements, um, and the mantras. So it can be only the pranayama, or it can be a mix of all three. And so I make sure that everybody knows that they are in a very safe um, and nurturing and environment, that I am there to hold the space for them. Uh but they do need to take responsibility uh for they have come. That's a huge responsibility. I mean, they uh they 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 took care of all the details. I mean, I have, you know, women with children at home, um married couples. I had a married couple who who came for um a date night. <laughs> I thought wow. <laughs> now, those are people I want to know. In fact, everybody who turns up for my ceremony. In a way, I I find that I have created these ceremonies to attract the people who I'm drawn to. Anybody who walks into my ceremony, I want to call a friend because, hey, fellow edge walkers. So, um, so we move. Uh, it's a three hour. It's a three hour. Uh, uh, time frame uh we start uh I, I like evenings I am drawn I am drawn to the evenings and I think that that's where the veils of consciousness are thinnest and um and so uh we move through that in, over a three-hour period and uh, in between, uh, people are able to uh, stretch, uh, uh, walk, drink uh, water, whatever they need to do. Smoke more if they want to, um, and then we go back in and do another tri- kriya. So usually, over the three-hour span, we do three or four of these uh, of, of these kriyas that really are are very intense. What they're doing. Make no mistake about it, they are activating our energy body, uh, uh by, by stirring up um, the the chakras and the naughty system in order to bring up the stuff that that, that is standing in the way of a more fulfilling life, that are self-limiting beliefs, uh, self-doubt, um, whatever it might be. Oh, we call them seven heavy emotions. They can be anxiety, which is also fear or uh, even terror or panic, uh, desire, and that's a whole nother esoteric area, but anger. Uh, depression, uh, grief and sadness um, shame and guilt Uh, in any of those, please bring it in and I have people who come in uh, who have used approaches meditation or therapy and not gotten any results and in one three hour uh, ceremony walk away more calm and and open and clear than they have been perhaps in their entire lives. It's really important for me as I move through um, these ceremonies to hone them to the best of my ability so they embrace anyone who is called to come to do the work.
1: So make, the, make your kind of flower you know, attract your kind of bees, huh? I love that, yes. Well, yeah, it must be a fascinating array of people who show up, especially around here in uh, the Colorado area. It's a,
2: fas- a fascinating array. Uh, the way I look at it is, is uh, Seth Godin, the conscious business coach that we all know and who's such a prolific writer. Uh, uh, I read something from him a few years ago, and it was about... Um, m- understanding that what you're making or what you're offering is not for everybody. You know, it's, in marketing, it's kind of like, well, we want to talk about our target audience, but it's not for everybody. And the way I look at my ceremonies is this isn't for everybody. It's for those who are called to come and be in uh, this very special space, this container that, um, that allows us to go deep with ourselves and linking arms with others to create that supportive energy. And so uh, some people will come and I'll never see them again, and others will continue on. Mm-hmm
1: um what what stuff seems to come up uh the most for people what kind of, do you, are there certain experiences you see pop up a lot uh from service to service
2: what I do in ceremony, there's not a lot of talking in in ceremony. Um, I have created uh, some salons where we can actually have next-level conversation. Uh, but at the very beginning of a ceremony, I will go around and invite everybody to give me a word or two or a sentence as to where they are. And there will be those who will say, um, I'm, I'm curious um, I am um, feeling really uneasy or unsettled. um I'm scared. Uh, there will be people who will talk about their their life and where they are. Uh, one woman recently said she was lost. so it is the reason why I create this space is because I want people to bring their deepest and darkest uh feelings. So that we can bring them into the light.
1: And how did you come to create the term Cannanot that, that covers that idea and, and start making these videos?
2: Yes, Cannanot is the name of my project. And I describe Cannanot as exploring the deep inner reaches of consciousness with the support of cannabis for emotional healing. And don't we do that as psychonauts essentially that's the definition of a psychonaut and um and so I really wanted to put a name to to it for cannabis exclusively and specifically because cam cannabis is kind of what I call the little sister of the big girl psychedelics, and cannabis cannabis carries a much broader what do i want to say character uh, personality so she can be uh, a psychedelic like uh, like a hash concentrate but she can also as i invite her in in a ceremonial space uh with the cbd dominant for instance uh can be an opener that allows us to be relaxed spacious allows us to lean in to this exploration that we're going to be going on
1: um and
2: everything in between
1: yeah and and you're right it's it's too bad she's seen as someone that that can't know make the world go completely sideways on you do you hear about people or, do, or have you tried the experiments with using really high levels like the old hash eaters of uh to go to the other world with this or do you know or you think that might be useful
2: for some people so it's funny you ask because after every ceremony as i mentioned i send out a survey and at, at the end i say here's a a, a list of specifically themed ceremonies and you tell me which ones you would like. And there's one uh, that I call a hash eaters ceremony. And I've had people say, yes, yes, yes. I want to do that. So last Saturday, we had it scheduled, and as you know, my air conditioning i, I, I do it in my sanctuary uh, in my in my personal residence and our our air conditioning went out, so i re- I needed to cancel <laughs> i disappointed a number of people i 'm afraid, so i can 't really tell you on that front, but of course, uh, as a plant spirit guide myself, I do explore with various Various what do I want to say kinds or forms of cannabis, and one of them is uh, is hash, so from hemp to hash, if you will and uh i and I love it, but uh one of the pieces when we we're working with high t h c it's different than when you're just using it in a what do I want to say in a more recreational space or we know people who do concentrates and, ha- and, and hash because of physical ailments, you know, and they're just in such pain that they need to be out. Uh, they need to be out of it. They need to be couch locked. And so this is far different than that. Using, using hash uh, to propel you into um, higher, higher states of consciousness. And, And one really needs to be anchored. Um, And you do that with the breath work. So that's why I'm there. It was a. I'll I'll do it again I I had to postpone it people go when when are you gonna do it again and so we're looking probably at um at October or November because the other themes for the cannabis ceremonies are already done and people have you know uh reserved their spaces and so I don't want to change the themes on them you know one is a a hemp oil evening so it's like oh wait a minute we're going to do a hash eaters oh didn't I tell you that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, man. Uh,
1: what, are, what are some of the other evenings, actually? Uh,
2: you know, the core of it, Lex, is really about going deep, experientially, exploring stuff that's on your head, stuff that is nagging you. Let's bring it up, look at it, transmute it, and meet the light. And so that's very important for me to see that my participants land in a great space at the end. And categorically, that happens. Wow!
1: And what did you learn uh, through these about how to be holding space to keep it a, a safe spot? What seemed to really resonate with people that this was a spot that they could go deep or this ceremony was a spot that they
2: could explore? Telling them, for one thing. And it, it, isn't it really set in setting? And being able to come in and knowing that you're going to be in a safe, legal, nurturing, comforting space. I mean, that sets the scene right there and allows people to open. <laughs> and the big piece is that we sit, we sit on the floor, um, although, if people need to uh, sit in a chair or a, uh, uh, we have a sofa. I have a sofa in my sanctuary where I get I, the. The most important thing is that people are comfortable. Um, yes, you know we we sit cross-legged. Um, um, that would that would be probably. Uh, m- the the recommended way if you can do that because the idea is to keep our spine straight because remember we're activating that energy and our spine essentially becomes an antenna and whether you're sitting cross-legged or whether you are on a chair or propped up on a sofa with pillows behind you we want a straight spine and um, and I insist before we even start, I, I make everybody uh, my my sanctuary is also a playroom in the sense that we have pillows all over pillows and and uh, small cushions, small hassocks, uh, hassocks and in every varying level for for people to be able to elevate their hips or sit directly on the floor. And so comfort, 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 because if you're not comfortable, what can you do? You know, you're just sitting there going, oh, Jesus, I'm so uncomfortable. Oh, man. But people insist on wearing tight jeans. <laughs> they come, even though I say bring a water bottle, you know, um, uh, uh, wear loose clothing. Uh, people don't know from loose clothing until they've come into one ceremony. And then, you know, they're always wearing something loose from there on out for the rest of them. Uh, but that's a, that's a big piece. So it's really about comfort too makes sense
1: Mm -hmm. um and speaking of legality like you would just would if the if we were free to alter our own consciousness as we see fit would there be any other substances or materials that would interest you to try to combine with your ceremonies
2: so i've been a psychonaut and i have i have partaken uh, partaken partook partaken of, uh, of, of various sundry substances and had um, quite profound experiences. But I was actually at a conference, the Plant Spirit Conference uh, in Vancouver that comes up every year. It's one of my regular uh, stops, and I highly recommend it. It's coming up, I think, in November of this year, uh, 2017. And um, there was a, a shaman who spoke one year and uh, this was when i was working with meditation and cannabis and also dabbling in various psychedelics and uh, there was a, a a guy a kid who stood up and started asking obviously using psychedelics very indiscriminately and asking this, that, and the other thing about them, and this shaman who was up visiting, you know, from Peru, uh, read him up one wall and down the other about this promiscuous use of various, uh, various uh, uh, medicines uh, entheogens. and theogens, um, and and so that if you were really serious. Uh, you would take one and work with it, and he said the only thing that he had ever done in his you know fifty year life was uh, was ayahuasca and I really took that to heart um, that if you are if you are interacting with the personality and spirit of a plant that 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 in order to be true to it uh, you really need to focus on that. Now that doesn't mean that you can't do other, other things because cannabis is very forgiving in that way. She goes well with a lot of other psych, a lot of psychedelics. Um, But for me, it, it, it struck a note in the sense that if I am working with, um, with cannabis in regard to to higher forms of consciousness that i really needed to be true to her and so right there and then about two years ago i um i pledged uh, monogamy uh to cannabis so i have not done um uh for at least that long for uh, any other any other entheogens
1: wow yeah that's an interesting idea
2: because, you know, I, among other things, I'm trained as a clinical nutritionist, and uh, we call it confounding variables. So how do I know that that this healing has been affected by the combination of the discipline that I introduce and the, the spirit of the cannabis plant when I'm doing other stuff? So I really need to be very true uh, to that approach.
1: I, I picture a small green ring for uh, monogamy.
2: oh i like that
1: (laughs) um and um speaking um of nutrition and that the combination of food and cannabis and all the different strains of cannabis and how complicated that gets um what's that like for you to deal with um the the food people eat before ceremony and in their lives as well but then all the different strains of cannabis that would combine with that
2: yes so of course just like Yoga or any kind of meditation, what you want to do is come in on a light stomach. And so I always advise our participants uh, to eat lightly. And actually abstain, if they can, from cannabis uh, for even the, even a few days before. Uh, but ideally, if they can, a day before or even four hours before. Again, there are people who use cannabis uh, for their medicine and really need it. So it's all fine, whatever. Uh, but to come in on a light stomach uh, because otherwise the the digestive system just kind of takes over it's heavy and, and you're digesting food instead of putting that energy toward dancing with that, uh, uh, with with the channels of consciousness, um, not that you can't do that, but it does take away. I mean, it's like if you're sitting there and going, "Oh, I'm so full." Geez, that leg of lamb that I had earlier, you know, it was just like really heavy <laughs> my stomach. So, uh, what I do uh, is during the breaks of our ceremonies, is offer uh, some fruit and nuts if people want that. Also, <clears throat> because uh, on a on an energetic level uh, which in, emo- uh, the energy level, which folds into the emotional body. Also, uh, people r- respond in different ways. So it can go from, uh, oh, wow. I felt what it was like to take a deep dive into my inner resources to, um, really a lot of emoting, a lot of releasing, um, and, uh, um, and, 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 what do I want to say? Uh, uh, it can be, uh, I, I don't want to scare people away, but it can be a, a, a little scary sometimes for some people. And that's why it's very important for me to hold the space, uh, for people. Um, and, um, where was I going with this? So uh, that's another reason uh, why we got to be very careful about what we, what we have, uh, what's on our stomach, uh, what we've uh, interacted with before we come in. And absolutely, I don't want any other substances in the body when we're doing this work.
1: What would your advice be to somebody hearing this, and it's really pinging to, to try using cannabis as a sacrament instead of how they've been doing it? What would you recommend for someone who wanted to try this at home and design their own? Ceremony.
2: Again, I'm really an aficionado of my particular discipline because it's tried and true for me. I found that moving through this work, and particularly with the support of cannabis, I have healed myself. I navigate mostly in a in a calm, um, centered clarity, and when I don't, uh, I know how to get back there. Uh, as opposed to most of us who are uh, in a fight or flight response most all the time, whatever that might look like, and then we're, we're trying to grab that piece of clarity and calmness, trying to, and we grab it and we hold on to it and then we lose it. And, you know, that can go, you know, uh, we're, we're, we navigate in that for, you know, maybe days, maybe weeks, maybe hours, maybe minutes for some people. I mean, bring it on. I, you know, bring, I, I want you here. I, I, with, uh, it's all about emotions and emotions have been the missing link in our healing, uh, for, uh, uh, for all of time essentially and we're just getting to the point now where some doctors are writing about uh, brain science and uh, how it relates to trauma um, most often Um, but i find that we're not in a in a in a space anymore where people have the time or can't afford to go to a therapist or um go to a doctor who's kind of you know who's who's studying this stuff, and you know, oh yeah, come on in for an hour it'll be three hundred bucks. hello, so the ceremonies serve um a couple uh, well quite a few um, uh, uh, dimensions, but one of them is being able to to explore in a kind of a, your own self-therapeutic way, what is on your head. And I'm just there holding the space. I have, uh, uh, Lex, I want to make, I want to make it absolutely clear that I don't consider myself a shaman, um, a medicine woman. I mean, those people are, 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 are inculcated into that. Um, I do, um, have, uh, some skills Um, I do believe I'm, uh, kind of a peer counselor, but also, uh, really my specialty is soul medicine. Um, and, uh, and being able to guide people, I believe that I am maybe a little further ahead than other people are with my work. I've found the door. I've opened the door. I've flicked on the switch and I'm saying, come on in. Um, I've been here, and maybe you want to come here too. There are many, many ways out there, many portals uh, for uh, for healing, and I offer one that I believe is quite efficacious.
1: Are there uh, future plans for different directions you might want to take this?
2: Yeah, uh, I'm just about uh, to recreate my website, Canonat dot com c-a-n-n-a-n-a-u-t dot com and um and because of the urging from around the country actually you know that I have a YouTube channel which has actually attracted people to what I do as well and um and so I'm going to be taking these online I don't see any reason why we can't do ceremonies say in a zoom venue where people can come into my sanctuary uh, through Zoom, and and they create a lovely, sacred space for themselves uh, in a room, and we have ceremonies together. So that will be something that's coming up. Why not? Why not?
1: Yeah. hmm That's great. hmm
2: And I also do one-to-one. Uh, uh, sometimes people uh, who are a little uncomfortable uh, with being with other people, that's why I like the CBD, is because, you know— y- the people who have called me and said, Oh, back, you know, I would love to come, but my social anxiety is just so heightened. I can't do it. And I just, my, my heart hurts for those people. Even when I say, Oh, come on, sweetheart, you can come. We'll do it. We'll take care of it. Um, so to be able to do it in the privacy of their own home, or when we, I, I I often do one-to-ones also that way, or private in-home gatherings. In fact, I was just uh, speaking with a um, a woman this morning who offers curated dinners with cannabis pairings, um, and she was very interested in bringing me on i 'm going well i don 't know how that would look because people you know when they go to cannabis pairing dinners they 're in a different mindset than when they are coming into a sacred space for um, for emotional healing, <laughs> but you know where there 's a will there 's a way. <laughs>
1: the question I often like to end with usually is about how uh, what would you make the world look like if you were in charge of writing the laws but you're in one of the best spots for the law of your favorite substance of anyone in the world being here in Colorado. So maybe the question would be if you had to design a giant chapel of canonauts what kind of rooms would you have? What kind of place would you like to see the most?
2: Well let me just say this that human beings... Are drawn to ceremony it's it 's primal it 's tribal for thousands of years, um, ancient cultures and indigenous peoples um, have um, created ceremony and so we have in our culture a lack of that. Uh, Ceremony allows us to come together for meaning and and a richness of depth um, and and to be able to do that in a ceremony um, is really important and to create that we, um, we We have a lack of meaning in our lives we don 't know how to be with other people we don't know how to have have meaningful conversations with others and coming together to explore the depth of 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 being in a group and being able to do the inner exploration ourselves so that chapel would have a lot of different gathering spaces for ceremony
1: that sounds beautiful uh becca williams i just want to say thank you so much for your work and taking the time to talk to us today oh
2: lex thanks a lot